When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger, I'm just a puppet here. If you want to place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. Welcome to another episode of Machiavellian Fucks. Our Succession Roy cast, where we're constantly checking the balance of our love portfolio. I'm Jason Madison. I'm Jason Madison. Can't even say my own name. Alongside Nando Vila. We're at the end of the long American century. Right now, I'm the real you. <laughs> and uh, that'll do. What's up, Nando? Oh, man. These intros, man. The, they're great. I love, you know, uh, tying in lines from the show. Uh, it's It's good stuff. I love it. Oh, thanks, man. You know, trying to improve the status of our podcast. That's right. This is a high quality podcast here. This is, uh, you know, I don't, I would never touch any podcast that wasn't the highest of qualities. So, right. Yeah. Right. right. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's get into it. Um, yep. You know, uh, my first question, man, for everybody out there, where the fuck are Kendall's kids? well you know the reality of that is that um it's incredibly hard to do tv with children this is a little secret from the biz behind the curtain because kids fucking age and like you know the last season of succession was two fucking years ago so if you have you know nine-year-old kids in the show and you have child actors playing them Two years later, they're 11 and they looked completely different. And now, but in the show timeline, it's only a few days later. So right. um, they, they're they not, I, I, I venture to guess they're not going to show uh, Kendall's kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think so either. He just wants to hug him though, guys. He just wants <laughs> to give him a hug. Uh, what a spectacular moment. This is the absolute truth. Oh, by the way, I just want to, I want to hug my kids. And then that wasn't, that was a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he loves to set, he loves to set it up with just like, I'm going to be the most earnest, like altruistic person ever. Let me do some fuck shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's, that's his, his calling card. I love, I love, I think he, I won't say he won the episode, but he's definitely in a power position right now. And he's kind of swimming in the stew of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, well, but the thing is he's all alone. I mean, that's the, I mean, I feel like Logan, Logan started off the episode, like absolutely reeling, like freaking out, like clearly nervous and like losing his cool with his advisors when he's like, get me Marsha. And the guy's like, you want to talk to Marsha? He's like, of course I want to fucking talk to Marsha. Are you insane? Um, and like, meanwhile, all the kids and he senses it, Logan senses that all his kids are slipping away. They're going to meet Kendall. Mm -hmm. And then all he's got to do is put a fucking box of donuts in right. the physical space in which they are, and they all just fucking crumble. And now he's got all of them back. Yeah. Um, yeah spectacular. Wait, 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 wait. Nando, you're saying that you think Logan planted the relevant donuts? 
<laughs> he sure seemed surprised when she <laughs> mentioned it in the car. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I it just seemed like such a Logan move, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it was someone else. I mean, who, who, who do you guys think it was? I, I think, well, mm, I didn't actually think about who it was. If I really, based on who I actually think won the episode, if it's this person, they're really <laughs> at the top of the food chain and that's Marsha. If she did it, she's really, you know, the one you know, yeah. who's wielding all the power. Uh, but I think it could just be Hugo, you know, or mm. Carolina or somebody like that. Like, shit, it could have even been Jerry. You know? mm. um, yeah. she, he's no, she knows what's up. So, you know, that could, he's, she's obviously sending lawyers to, Gre- to Greg's apartment. So it wouldn't be, you know, beneath her to, to say, look, I'm CEO. Cause she's also somebody who I feel like is, definitely in a power position right now and kind of feeling her swagger, you know, and she might be like, yeah, I see what y'all doing. Yeah. I'm going to shut all that down. She's playing a cool, she's playing the long game. She's not doing anything. It could very possibly be Jerry that set the donuts because I think it happens right after Roman tells her that they're all there. It's a yeah, quick right? turnaround. That is, uh, Uber <laughs> that is a quick turnaround. Pricing money. to get those donuts there on time. Yeah. yeah. But it's possible, and uh, um, you know, I, I I think that they're setting up two things. One, Jerry's like not doing it; like she's not s- making any moves or any certainly any outward moves. Right. But Logan clearly knows that she is not to be underestimated, and I think everyone else is underestimating her. You right. know, like uh, the, like Kendall isn't isn't even thinking about her. Like he thinks no. that she's. They're all so obsessed with him, yeah. with Logan, that she's able to fly under the radar. And when she tells Roman, you know, Roman's like, "Hey, can we win this? Like, if if we kill Dad, and she's like, "Are you insane? The board's gonna fucking get rid of you guys. Like, why would they need you guys? And like, they they only give a shit about Logan. Um, right. Like, they don't give a shit about you guys. Um, but, I, but I think that was her first power play. Uh, that was her first big move. Right? Is look little boy, I'm about to shut all your little shit down. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Don't, don't even try to come talking to me like you understand what's going on on this tier. You know, I, all the little holes that I see that your your vulnerabilities, I'm about to poke through all of those. And yeah. so when he came up to her office and, you know, thought he caught her off guard while she's taking a little picture of her, you know, CEO status on ATN or whatever that was, she sat him down and got him real quick because she she knows like you're just a patsy for logan so yeah why am i even paying this any mind and and, you know i think she gave one of the good lines of the episode uh where she said you have great instincts you have some terrible instincts like (laughs) like really you don't know what the fuck you're doing you know and after that she's like okay this is where the roman piece is on the chessboard he's my lap dog we're going to play that like that, you know? And now I feel like in her mind, she's moving on to bigger and better things. How can I take out Shiv? <laughs> Who's next? You know, she's right. like, she's willing and dealing at this point. I, I think it's it's um, it's interesting because uh, it does seem like, or at least the showrunners, the writers want to make us believe that Jerry and Roman have some sort of real connection, that they have some sort of real relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and it's very Business, possible that personal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's very possible that Jerry is just as big of a shark as anyone else uh, on the show, and is just cosplaying this 
like kind of very strange and weird psycho Freudian psychosexual Oedipal uh, relationship with Roman. Um, just well, it's as to a way her advantage, to, Nando, because exactly. she needs somebody in the family, someone with the Roy name, and Roman is the one that she can influence, yeah. control, calls yeah. her, calls him her apprentice. You know, yeah, right, yeah. and and that's almost something that you see in the workplace from time to time, right? It's like a work wife and all that, and kind of people play on these little flirtatious relationships that they have in the workplace and use them in ways to get a higher salary, different <laughs> move different positions. So Jerry has also been telling this straight up to Ro- Roman, you know, like, this is who I am. I've stayed uh, on the last episode, right? I've stayed powerful because I don't involve myself in mess, but she knows how to wiggle around everything. So it's like, he's so hamstrung by this uh, phobia that he has that, he can't really see clearly when it comes to it. And you see that when Shiv brings it up in, in uh, Kendall's daughter's room and he just like buckles under the pressure, like, oh, what? That was so mean. And Shiv's looking like, what? I'm just talking shit. Like, everybody yeah. knows you have a sex thing and you're into Jerry. Like, so what? And he just <laughs> let that just ruin his whole night, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You can't hide under the covers with mommy. Um, yeah, I mean, Roman, uh, for all his bluster, I mean, they all are like this. I mean, the kids are all like this. They all have a thing that, um, causes them to just crumble immediately. Um, and they, cause they all have this outward bluster. I mean, especially Roman, who's just like constantly wisecracking and, you know, pretending like he's not taking any of this seriously. It's all kind of like a, uh, uh, and I, he always maintains like an ironic distance from whatever's happening and it, and he keeps it like, oh, this is all a joke. Come on. You mm-hmm. know, but like that's so clearly a crutch for some incredibly profound childhood traumas <laughs> yeah. uh, that he has that yeah. prevents him from fucking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as soon as someone as soon as someone just throws that in his face, he, he can't like he's got no wisecracks. He's got no comebacks. He's just like, fuck you. I'm out. And he like, well, Nando- and he, like walks out of there. I don't think it was because of the sexual stuff. I think that he's well aware the of that. That's the, no, it's the Jerry stuff. It's Jerry's name. Right. I think he has real feelings for Jerry and neither Shiv nor Kendall know that. So they mm. were a little confused as to why he took that so personally, but mm. nope. That hit a yeah. little too close to home. He does want to fuck Jerry. He does want to <laughs> crawl under the covers with her. She's a mother right figure, now. but because she's a mother figure, right? I mean, she's older and she, you know, I mean, he, they have a massive age gap and, and it's clearly like a Freudian Oedipal thing. Like he wants mm-hmm. to fuck his mom, yeah. you know, and that's why he, he was under the covers with mommy all the time. He must have been like the youngest, like a mama's boy, which yeah. happens a lot. Um, and, uh, and but he and wasn't in the that, cage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you see Connor, who's on the other end of that, who kind of has that towards Logan. And I really was awoken to the fact in this episode and it's been throughout the show, but Logan has that towards Connor as well. And he's kind of like a teddy bear for Logan. Logan calls him and he's like, anytime he wants to feel some sort of like safeness or comfort in the world. And he's able to kind of almost belittle Connor in a way, or just make him feel like a little boy and Connor plays into it every time. And so that's their rapport. Like Logan feels good. Connor kind of feels a little bit like shit, but he's happy that he's talking to his dad, you know, and that's kind of always his thing. It's like, oh, dad's talking to me. It's like when he got, got him the sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this goo, you know, yeah. like 
And that's his whole thing. And he's like, oh, Operation Thumb Twiddle? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's cool. And he's like, oh, and okay. Logan tells him, you're number one, boy. You're yeah. number one. Even you though, know, like, he just he, look at, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, look at, he knows exactly how easy it is to push their button. I mean, he knows the psychological hold he has over all of them. Like, you know, like, it, it was so funny, like, you know, the opening scene of the episode is him calling Shiv, and mm-hmm. you see her phone, and it says, Dad, and it's just a picture of Saddam Hussein. Woo! You yeah. know? love like, that. We yeah. were off and running, baby. Right. Yeah, but the, like, and, the, and the episode let's ends, go. The episode ends with them in the car together. It starts yeah. with her looking at him on the iPad, and then yeah. it ends, and she it's like, you know, she's satisfied. She got her lollipop. Well, he's pandering <laughs> to all the kids in this episode besides Kendall, obviously. Like Connor's yeah, right. number one, Roman, he trusts him. Shiv, you're my eyes and ears, all that. I want to get back to the Connor thing for a second because mm-hmm. Connor has a different mom. He's yeah. 15 years older, 10 years old. He's significantly older than the rest of the siblings. Right. And he's fully out of the game. And yeah. so I, I wonder if there was a time in Connor's life, young Connor, maybe we'll get that spinoff series, when he's not so righteously idealistic and more plugged into Waystar. Was he... Yeah. involved Connor, in the company was he doing stuff or has he always been this wild card who does whatever the fuck he wants on his own little path to new mexico Connor, Connor Roy was, was into politics at a young age yeah he was like uh yeah he was like a young libertarian or whatever but yeah he he has so many great moments in this episode like so many great Connor Roy moments like you just see him like a, a throwaway like a basically a throwaway scene where he's just on the phone he's like you told me this was the premier wine uh like wine storage facility in the yeah. world and I'm looking at these geological services I'm very concerned very very <laughs> concerned yeah. you know? his, and, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of burgundy that he's got stashed yeah. somewhere. Yeah, and then when yeah. he when he finally does talk to Logan, um, the first thing he tells Logan is like, "Listen, Dad, I'm sorry, we had to fly scheduled," which is a term I'd never heard before. Yeah, but like, I, I immediately either. got what the fuck he was talking about. I was like, "Yeah, we were treated to some, uh, you know, like a full Heavily bar and a refrigerated cheeses." Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's no. a nightmare." <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was shining really the brightest, it, it, I think, in a long time in this episode. Even like. The moment where he uh, is talking to Shiv, you know what I'm saying? And he's like telling her to be nice. Like after she goes in on Roman, it's like he's actually the voice of reason for once. It's it's almost like he snapped out of his like little, you know, in self-insulated behavior for yeah. one second. Like Shiv, come on, like be nice to our brother. Yeah. But yeah, no. And then even Kendall, like he goes right back into it though when he gets the donuts and Kendall's like, Connor, stop looking at the fucking donuts. And you can tell at, there was probably a time where Kendall realized he was a little bit more like developed, like socially developed than Connor, even though he was his older brother. And he kind of, you know, like, bro, like wake up, get, come back to the real world is not the first time he's done that. Yeah. <laughs> what was, uh, how much money did Connor ask his dad for 100K. when he told him he was, 100 million. 100 mil. 100 mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was going to say, little, like, 100K. He was like, uh, yeah, 100 yeah. mil. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I just, just give me like, I don't know. 100 mil, 100 million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, like, it was like, a, like it was just another, yeah. Uh, just give me another yeah. one of those payments you gave me before. You know? Yeah. hundred million dollars, you know, just to, you know, I'm, I'm broke. I'm broke. I can't, you know, I, my, uh, like my prostitute, maybe girlfriend's, uh, acting career is is draining and bleeding me dry she's a playwright nando okay yeah she is an auteur yes that's right that's right sans. Uh, 
which is much <laughs> like Dune. That there's a lot of sand in it. Oh my god! But yeah, I got it mixed up because in that same scene, that's when he says, "I hear you just 500k on a fake Napoleon dick." So the, my numbers yeah. were off. My bad. It's a hundred yeah. mil, 500k for yeah. the Napoleon. Police. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Connor has done some crazy things with his dad's money, like, and it's crazy because his dad does not seem to care really. out of out of everybody else doing whatever the fuck they want to do he's like you don't bother me so you can do whatever fuck you want (laughs) because because logan doesn't care about money i mean that's his superpower over his kids Mm -hmm. is that he doesn't actually care about the money he cares about power and the money just is like you know comes with power and and it you you can use it to wield power and things like that but he doesn't enjoy anything he doesn't need any of that shit um whereas the kids because they grew up in the I mean, I made that this point in the last episode that you know because he grew up working class and now he's got like more money than god he's like he knows what it was like to live kind of without it like he yeah. he was he'd be fine kind of without it in, in yep. a way but what he really yeah. craves is power and the kids need the money they don't know th- their life doesn't make sense without money kendall needs to out needs to surround himself he needs to pay actually smart people and he kind of remind he kind of keeps on reminding them he's like oh hey the brain trust hey the most powerful minds in the world are here you know like big things big keeps, things Big things, now, big things. Now, um, now, I will say this, though. I think that Kendall, it seems as though, and maybe just because I'm wrapped up in how high he is on the totem pole in this episode, that he might be sort of starting to understand what needs to happen. But this is just me guessing. And so I feel like personally that Marsha's in the lead and that'll like be my next point because I really mm-hmm. admire what she did, even though I don't like fully fuck with it. But Kendall... <laughs> When Kendall met with Stewie, it brought me back to their relationship and their dynamic. And, you know, in the beginning, it seemed like Kendall was on top. And then, you know, for most of the show, we felt like Stewie has been on top. And I feel like Kendall and Stewie do have that friend of me, you know, we were best friends relationship with this guy. And so I can't see like I'm looking at that scene I can't see him playing it just like that and playing it straight. You know, he has to have an angle in that car. Hmm. And the Stewie's looking at him kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, okay, you're just going to say it to us straight up like this. Like, okay. And it never comes. And so I feel like Kendall has to be either plotting to get back with his dad and use his votes to, you know, win the proxy battle in some way but I don't think Kendall in his heart would ever truly realign with Stewie because I feel like one of the people he's trying to prove wrong, probably one of the main people other than Logan is Stewie and maybe the more thing, so than Logan because he's not his family. The thing that drives Kendall is his insecurity at being a ro- like that he's where he is in life because of where he like his last Logan's son. Yeah. And who like, pokes at Stewie, him more than Stewie? <laughs> Yeah. And Stewie, uh, who we don't know anything about, I don't, I don't think, at least I don't remember anything about his like family history or nope, whatever, nothing. is probably a guy or acts like a guy who made it just like because he made it, you know, not because he was born into it. And their their dynamic is always tinged with that. If, like they're like, hey, bro, hey, bro, hey, dude, bro. You know, yeah. like they're they're like they're like pals or whatever. But like on some level underneath it. Kendall is clearly insecure that like Stewie is like talking to him mano a mano, 
not because of who he is, but because he got there on his own. And Kendall is desperate, desperate for the world to see him as his own man, not as Logan's son. And that's why he wanted to do like the Valder purchase. It's going to be like a new thing, you know, like it's going to, because I'm like, you know, I'm cool. I'm young. I'm, I'm like ahead of it. Like TV's dead. We're going to do this cool new digital thing mm-hmm. or whatever, because he's desperate to establish his own kind of place in the world outside of his father's, but he's too insecure to actually break with it. He needs to do it through Waystar. He can't just go and like, you know, work at some other company or do something else, like something completely different, um, because he knows deep down that he is worthless, you know, that he's just, that he doesn't have what it takes to actually succeed in the kind of rough and tough world of the meritocracy. When the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Roman ready. You can't be fiddling around with your thing down there talking about, hold up, it just never usually happens to me. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes so that you can as well. Even though you are far from ordinary, the truth is ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys age 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M right now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. As I said, this is very common. 52% of men between the ages of 40 and 70 will experience it. ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and rediscover the joy of sex. Roman system is completely confidential, totally discreet. There are no logos or labels on the packages. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Don't go to some weird waiting room looking at these other guys that have God knows what kind of issues going on with them. Having people judge you. Don't do that, man. Just go online. Complete your online visit today. Connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional. Take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Make sure you're Roman ready. You know what? Your partner will thank you. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. 
You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not gonna find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. I want to retrace Stewie's arc a little bit because that was one of the things in the rewatch the first two seasons that really stood out the most. Stewie's been playing Kendall from the jump. Right. Yeah. Kendall brings Stewie in because the company's in debt. He needs money. That gets Stewie on the board. Then they try to do the bear hug thing. That gets subsumed when Kendall kills a guy. You know, that'll happen. Then season two, Stewie and Sandy start the proxy battle. They're trying to do it without Kendall. And then now, now that we're at this point, the proxy battle's still happening. That's season two carried over. But Kendall has created this new problem, which is obviously like pinning everything on Logan. Stewie would be more than happy to have Kendall take out Logan. That would save him a lot of trouble. And he has absolutely no interest or attachment to Kendall, who would basically self-destruct in the process of taking out his dad. So Stewie's sitting there like, all right, if Kendall's successful, I get to come in and clean up the mess. Like Jerry says, like Sandy could appoint the next CEO of Waystar. Mm -hmm. Or, or Kendall fails and he's still got the same issues that he has already. So Stewie's sitting pretty. That's why he sends the Trojan horse. My favorite moment of the episode. Oh my God. Stewie, the greatest. But but I think, I think what's possibly happening, at least on the front of what Kendall believes is that uh, the next eventuality is that he's the king, right? Like his dad has to go by hook or crook. You know, he's either going to suffer the fate of the FBI or somewhere else. And a Roy will be picked and he will be that Roy based off of him having Lisa Arthur and all of this stuff. So it seems like Kendall is trying to position himself to be that. And I think his game in the gambit is to get his dad back on his side somehow and acquire his votes. And I, that's just what I, because I, and the reason why I'm saying this is I'm focusing on the line where he's like, I love him. I hate him. I'll outsource this to my therapist. And it seems like he's still able to say that he loves his dad. And even in the first episode, he wants his dad to basically bend his knee and just give him the job he was supposed to give him in episode one of season one. Like he still wants that moment. And so he wants it to come that way from his dad saying, Kendall, you're the CEO of Waystar. So I don't, I don't think that Kendall is playing Stewie with the, oh, let's, or straight up with the, we're going to do the proxy battle. I'm going to come on your side. Fuck my dad. Like, I don't think it's, he really Well, he thinks he's leveraged a buyout and that he would maintain control. That's what he's offering when he says like the grease deal. Cause that's what they go to Stewie when he's eating octopus 
right, the Mediterranean. Right. He's yeah. offering them a shitload of money to basically relinquish control of the company. But yeah, I mean, it's everybody's playing each other constantly. Everybody wants things that are not what they're saying. And you can't trust a single fucking person in this show. Well, what about Marsha? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I feel like uh, she made the biggest power move of the episode. She's kind of been waiting in the wings. Um, you know, obviously we kind of have a thing with Marsha, Shiv, and Jerry. Looks like all the women are making their own power plays for the throne themselves. Their teats. <laughs> their teats are the only reason why. They count why. double now, dude. Yeah, they count double now. Don't exactly. you know that? Yeah, and, and they, they really showed it. But, um, yeah, Marsha... You know, she's like, look, I'm not done with this trust issue. You know, you had your little stroke and <laughs> thought we forgot about it, but I'm back on that. And uh, she wanted to let her feelings about Rhea known. And uh, Hugo got an earful. Hugo and Carolina got an earful about that. And, um, you know, she still let Logan know it's fuck them kids <laughs> you know, all the way. And he's like, he couldn't couldn't wait to hear that that was that made him melt and so you know now basically she can get whatever she wants and she's making her play for the the top spot yeah i mean i i i love that whole sequence it made me think of uh you know bill and melinda gates got divorced this year and i because mm-hmm. I, I remember when that happened i was thinking i was like what kind of negotiation like you know that's not just like uh hey uh you know you're too close to Jeffrey Epstein. I want to get divorced. That's like yeah. a years long process involving lawyers and bankers and, you know, trust man, like, a, like not, not in the, like trust in like the, you know, banking trust, <laughs> yeah, exactly. estate planning and shit, um, tax, uh, advisors and, you know, like, and, and this one, they, um, it just goes to show, um, just how transactional a lot of things can be at the top, but also, yeah. um, again, reinforces this idea that Logan doesn't care about money. He would have given her whatever, like he doesn't give a shit, you know, like, of course she's going to get hers. And she says like, I want, you know, my son taken care of for forever. I want my money to basically go up by a lot and blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, and he doesn't even blink. He does. They don't even ask him, uh, if it's okay. Like the yeah. answer was going to be yes, no matter exactly. what, because he doesn't care. He just knows that he needs to project strength and, you know, it sounds anachronistic or whatever, but like, you know, it's like the Alec Baldwin line in, uh, in, um, in the departed, uh, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're at the top and you're not married, like some, there's people are going to think something's going on with you. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, he, he wants to, to be the patriarch and to do that, you need a wife or a woman by your side. And, also, you know, she's probably the only person that it seems like he can actually have a real conversation with or relate to in any sort of normal way. You know, yeah. everybody else, he's commanding and demanding and telling them to fuck off. And when he talks to Marsha, it's none of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, like, even when she came, you know, came through and He's trying to apologize. He's still Logan, right? And he can't. He said, I can't eat shit. He can't, he can't stomach the apology. But yeah. whatever the number is, he's seen that the lawyer is in tow when she came in. And he just doesn't pay it any mind. Like, all right, yeah, I guess that's what's got to happen right now. It's just yeah. like the episode where he's negotiating with the main kid's mom, the, the last ex-wife. 
Yeah. And he gives Roman a starting number and uh but go to this number. And then he goes to the mom and she's asking, so what's the real number? <laughs> I know yeah. this is just your fake number. And then she asks for Christmas. Yeah, and right. it, she won't take any money if she gets Christmas. But then, of course, he won't let her have it. So she gets the money. Mm-hmm. Right. I, you know what this just reminded me of? Because you're right that even uh, Brian Cox's performance when he's with Marsha is completely different. You know, his whole body language is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's speaking to someone that he actually respects on some level. He doesn't respect his kids at all. At no. all, like zero <laughs> respect for them. Yeah. Um, and Marsha, he actually does respect and speaks to her completely differently. But it reminded me of another Brian Cox performance. Um, did you guys watch Deadwood? No. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen Deadwood? No, I gotta uh, watch it. D- you gotta watch Deadwood because Deadwood's like the best show of all time. But yeah. Brian Cox makes like a late entry into Deadwood. And in Deadwood, there's a character uh, called Al Swearingen, played by Ian McShane, who's like the main guy. He's kind of the Logan Roy of Deadwood. And he's very similar to Logan in that he's domineering, always like, you know, always looking for the angle, very aggressive. He's like the kind of crime boss in in the town. But Brian Cox comes in and they're like old friends from for some reason. And he's an actor. He's not even a criminal or anything like that. He, like, he plays an actor in the show. And just seeing uh, Ian McShane's performance when he's speaking to Brian Cox in Deadwood, like he's speaking to someone who he actually respects and just speaks completely differently um, with him than with every literally every other character on the show. And a similar thing is going on now in the inverse with Brian Cox uh, speaking to Marsha, uh, like basically peer to peer in a way that he doesn't yeah. do it with any literally anyone else where he's always just kind of like, uh, I'm going to bluster through this by being just having bigger balls than you. And you're going to you're going to back down just because my balls are bigger. Right. And, and the thing about it, too, like Marsha also knows the intimate parts of Logan. Right. She's obviously his partner. But we've seen through the show, like when he was sick and, you know, she was the one that was really like pushing him to get to the next step and get better and all of that. So she's seen him at weak moments. She's seen him, you know, kind of go through some things. Obviously, she wasn't there when he made his money. But, you know, she's there through the late stages of in his life. And she's trying to make him be his best self. And he really appreciates that, you know? So like they have a, actually a good relationship. If you look at also the, all the relationships on the show, like maybe other than, I guess, Jerry and Roman, like there's not many ones that are, you know, mutually beneficial or just, you could say have a, positivity genuine yeah genuine yeah genuine relationship even tom and shiv i mean what a joke of a relationship right i (laughs) mean it's like yeah um no yeah you're absolutely right um tom and shiv yeah (laughs) yeah i mean how great was the tom moment in this episode where he calls greg he's so creepy with greg Greg. like (laughs) did you have a saucy little secret <laughs> he's just so creepy with him. Yeah. If, you, um, if you look at it when he starts the phone call, Logan looks back at him like, "What the fuck, what the fuck is he doing?" You know, yeah. like he's gonna send millions of poisonous spiders down your little dicky. You know, it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Who talks like that? Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's just the classic Tom thing of he's a he has to eat shit all day long from so many yeah. people who are bigger fish that whenever he including his like wife he has a hold yeah. on someone or has power he cannot wait to use it <laughs> in yeah. the creepiest most inappropriate borderline sexual way possible 
Yeah. Hey, and, and before before we wrap, we got to talk about Greg and his legal situation. Yeah. <laughs> because when he was sitting with his his friend that was the the law student, and, yeah. and he gets to knock on the door, and then he's like. Uh, she's like, do you want me to text my uh, my professor? He's like, yeah, yeah, text him, text him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny, like the arc of his lawyer search, right? Like it's uh, um, this like absolute sleazeball lawyer shows up at his house, you know, and he's like, wait, who buzzed you in? And he just like blows right by that question. He doesn't answer it. <laughs> because, in like, Congress, remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like this absolutely like sleazy corporate lawyer who would, you know, defend, uh, you know, Satan himself if it, if it meant, you know, uh, money in his pocket. Um, and then at the end, he gets the lawyer from uh, Logan's brother, Ewan, played by James Cromwell. Um, and it's, um, and it's like a, he's like a uh, left wing uh, kind of labor lawyer or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and he's like, uh, our number one priority is to make sure that you're okay and you stay out of prison. Our number two priority is like to expose the structural contradictions of late capitalism as reified in the architecture of corporate America or some yeah, shit. He's, Greg's he's, like, he's uh, been to a lot of fuck? union meetings. Yeah, yeah, a lot of union meetings. You know, he's you know a lot of Noam Chomsky uh, uh, talks and and um, yeah, he he and he's used to lose. Like they do that little line where he's like. Uh, uh, America's always wa- right, but never left. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. When they're um, walking in, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's no. just like a great little arc where that that this guy now is 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 in charge of Greg, this guy who wants to bring down capitalism. Yeah, exactly. And Greg seems to like be further from where he wanted to be. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I- I'm really focused on like uh, you know me and my personal not getting fucked here. Uh, <laughs> that isn't too selfish. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. So, what what are what are some of our best lines from the episode? Ugh, so many to choose from. I mean, this show. Some some people crit- criticize this show by saying that like the writing is almost too much, like too show offy, and mm-hmm. I, I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I I, I love it, but uh, um, I mean, my one of my favorite moments probably in the whole series is Kendall's little like. His TED Talk, his like progressive speech where he's like, hey, man, the great whites are out and it's up to, you know, it's up to us. And, yeah. You know, like we're in a, you know, we're in a declining company and a declining empire. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's like part of a rotten cabal that's bringing down democracy, all good this shit. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Good band name. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, but it's 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 so it's so perfectly written because. Um, they clearly like the writers clearly know what the real version of that is mm-hmm. but they write it in a half-baked way because kendall has the it's like half-baked he's full of shit he doesn't believe any of it he doesn't even like understand half of it yeah. um so and he and jeremy strong delivers it really well but i think my favorite little line and it was a throwaway line um it's when uh shiv walks in uh to kendall's house and he goes look she goes Look, it's the little man who started this great big war, which is a play on what Abraham Lincoln said to Harriet Beecher Stowe, uh, you know, who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, she goes, look, he, go, like, he goes to her, like, look, it's the little woman who wrote a little book or something that started this great big war. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the thing that she may have heard 
sometime, like in school or something, and she's like misusing it, like misbringing, you know, like misquoting it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it clearly comes from that, and I feel like that's just like you have to be so confident to be able to write a reference, like a reference like that, that is kind of mis misdone. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. It's uh it's very hip hop of them. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I, I did love that the whole uh Trojan horse uh, moment was was great. Um one of my favorite lines and it's it's not even it's it's brash. Um it's not as clever as as that at all, but it plays into uh Marsha and almost her Loganisms and when she's talking to Hugo and Carolina and she's talking about Ray, and she says she's a whore, and it's not my problem if she wouldn't finish him. And, <laughs> and, and that just kind of like set the screen on fire. I was like, yeah. oh, Marsha knows. Marsha knows yeah. how to finish the deal. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. just like, all right, she came and brought the ace, the Joker, you know, the big Joker. Like, she's yeah. not fucking around. And um, yeah, that, that line really stuck out to me. Um, Jerry when she's talking to Roman um, and he's asking her about, you know, what are the possibilities, what's going to happen when she says it's snake linguini. And I thought that was a little clever metaphor right there. I was like, okay. Um, And then obviously later in that conversation, uh, when Roman says, uh, don't threaten me, Jerry, I don't have time to jerk off. (laughs) It's probably his best line. Really really focused on finishing in your your best quotes. I think Roman had the highest volume of fantastic lines, just like chiming in at all times, just mocking Kendall. Yeah. Like... uh, Oh, we're the multiracial transgender, uh, you know, twenty-year-old <laughs> dreamers. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a stretch. It's like a scrotum over over, over like a drum, over over, over Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. Spontaneous, <laughs> heartfelt outpouring of thoroughly lawyered emotion. These are relevant yeah. donuts. Yeah, and then when when Kendall goes off on Shiv and says she's a woke snowflake. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying, but that's what the market's that's saying. saying. Roman says, "Yeah, I spoke to the market. <laughs> they actually that is what they're saying." But yeah. I'm going to give it to Big Gramps in the big city. Ewan talking about Kendall. I found his performance histrionic and meretricious. The man is a self-regarding pop and jay, and all Greg can say is, "Well, tell me about it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, Greg. Greg. I mean, cutting Greg's performance in that whole scene is incredible because he clearly didn't understand what he, he said. Never he never gets like, his grandfather's references, and he's yeah. always playing along. No, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's 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 clearly his grandfather's grandson because that's what you do when you have that relationship. You're just like, yeah, Grandpa. Well, I came here because I need something, so I'm gonna laugh at your jokes, act like I understand what you're saying, but we're gonna end this conversation with what I need, and hopefully, you give it to me. And they're both six six, so I always love that dynamic. They found James Cromwell to go along with Nicholas Braun's small forward stature, and it's a perfect team. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh, James Cromwell's a legend. There's so many great little actors. Like even the guy, the lawyer, Greg's lawyer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking The Mask. The Mask. Uh, and, Animal House. Uh, the Sopranos. Local hero, Cal- The Sopranos. He's got a resume. Yeah. Um, so, so many great ones. So who do we think won this week, guys? Um, I mean, 
Logan. I mean, Logan is sitting is sitting pretty right now. He's got everyone on his side. Um, you know, there's a uh, you know all the kids. It just shows again, once again, that they just don't they they're, they they think that they're all capable of doing it, but they're just so far away. Like even in the moment at the end when Logan is talking to Shiv and he almost overrates Shiv. You know, like Logan believes that Shiv has what it takes, but she absolutely does not because when he offers her the position of president. And she's like, well, what does that mean? And, she, and he goes, like, it means anything you want it to mean. Like, it, a real powerful person uses that, whatever it is, and then achieves power from it by force of will, not because it's given to you, you know, not because it's technically, you know, these are the responsibilities. Like, she's looking at, like, well, who's reporting to me? And what's the org chart? It's like, no, no, no. You know, like, this is, you're now the president of the company. If you had the will to power that Logan has, you make that a powerful position, you know? Um, but she's, she, she just doesn't have it. So I think like, uh, you know, Logan right now is sitting pretty, uh, he's got all the kids with him except for Kendall. Um, you know, they all, they all, they all were tempted and they all thought about it and he didn't even have to do anything other than possibly maybe send them uh, a box of donuts. Uh, if that, um, just by a couple little comments here and there, uh, you're my number one Connor the thing, you know, like you're my eyes and ears, you know, he yeah. got them all back. He did. He did do that swiftly. Um, I think I, Logan just avoided losing in this. I, it's a win because he didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Kendall obviously lost big time. Yep. Big loss for Kendall. Jerry, we know, is fucked now because the show is saying so. <laughs> there aren't a lot of clear winners to me in this episode. So I'm going with my man who never misses a shot, chews up the screen every time he's on. Stewie. Stewie sitting yeah. pretty sent the Trojan yeah. horse won the episode winner yeah yeah that was a, that was yeah. a masterstroke by Stewie right there you got to give him credit that was he would have just... sent the decapitated horse head but you know the paperwork <laughs> exactly which was the even better follow-up line like so no I loved it um I gotta give it to Marsha man mm. you know she she came from the shrouds from the clouds landed in Sarajevo and brought her lawyer with her and I mean, what's a more powerful move than that? You know, like she didn't have any arguments with anybody. <laughs> you know, there was no beef but between her and, and Logan or Hugo or anybody. She told them what it was. They understood it. She went and stood behind Logan. And it looks like she's in perfect position to get what she's wanted all along. So yep. with with minimal force, you know, everybody else has to work and and bicker and battle and she's like look i've already figured all of this out i know what y'all are gonna do i know how all of this plays out i'm standing right next to my man and when it all goes down y'all gonna see whose name is on what document and where the zeros is falling so yeah i think she's she's got it well, on that note, uh, it's time to wrap up. That's our episode of Ma- uh, Machiavellian Fucks, the second episode of Machiavellian Fucks following Succession. Jason Madison, Anthony Mays, I am Nando Vila. Catch you next week. Mm-hmm.